As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! See me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes and you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Happy Friday. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. The Avs dropped their second straight game in the preseason last night. But if you didn't look at the scoreboard, you probably wouldn't know it because they straight up dominated on the ice. AJ, a lot of good things, at least process-wise, to take from this one, eh? Yeah, when we saw the rosters, uh, when I got to the Pepsi Center and tweeted out what the rosters would look like, uh, for for yesterday's game, we had an idea. Uh, hey, the Avs needed to to thoroughly run through the stars, at least in terms of process, right? Yep, that definitely happened. So that kind of buoys whatever concern I might have over the fact that they actually lost the game because we know that sports can be sports. You know, yes. they can be very very cruel, and any any time. Anytime you lose a game like that, you kind of just shrug and you're just like, you know what? Life. I mean, if you're the Dallas Stars, you're getting Jake Ottinger another start. That's for sure. I was surprised they pulled him. Yeah, the way he was playing. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, I I don't know, man. I I think you said it best. I mean, they dominated him on the ice and really if Colorado could convert anything on a special team right now, uh, that game, yeah. they put that game away easily would have been over. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of the concern we had pegged. And unfortunately they went over four on the power play again in this one that makes them over nine in the preseason. And it's what? Oh, for 28 or something insane. If you count the rookie tournament. Mm-hmm. So it is over 28. Yeah. That's what I put in my game notes last night. That is bad. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a unit that's not working. Uh, Bednar mentioned it today, that the power play is always the last thing to come. Yeah. So he's less worried about it for right now. I don't know that I'm there, but... I will say the last power play of the game did look better, I thought. That first unit started showing some of that movement. 
they did take them four power plays to get there though. The first three, I think they had one shot on goal through all of them. So that is really reminiscent of the not so great power play from last season. Yeah. Honestly, I think there's, there's plenty to be concerned about there. You know, it's the preseason, but this is an extended streak of lack of success and against, you know, various personnel against lots of different levels of uh, competition and you're not having any success whatsoever. Right. Systemically, you're not having success. Right. And, and the system that you have in place is not, it's not generating so many scoring chances where you're just like, look, it'll happen eventually. It'll break through because they're not, they're not generating those kinds of chances. They're not generating, um, the the da- the high danger chances it's it's a lot of perimeter oriented stuff that we've seen uh over the last year and you know when they the the, the first unit last night was all consistently trying to force the puck to cadre in the middle yep you know they weren't trying to do much of anything else except force it to him and i don't know why that is uh but that was it's definitely it was noticeable that they were not, Hey, let's, let's try and move it around and either create or take what's given to us. Uh, it was feed cadre and it just didn't, it didn't work out. And, you know, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a little bit of success in the next two days. They've got two games against Minnesota. You're going to have a handful of power plays across those two games. Start putting the puck in the net. Right. If the Avs go over on the weekend as well, that's when it's starting to get into danger territory for sure. On the other side of the coin, though, not on the power play, particularly not in the top half of the lineup, the Avs fourth line against Dallas was straight dope. (laughs) We've talked about this all summer. Yeah. Last night was like so validating given how much time we have spent talking about how Colorado's fourth line this year should be a real strength for them and it should be a nightly advantage. As much as we didn't like them spending money on Pierre Edward Belmar, it was about it, it was never about the player, it was always about the the business of it. You know, you're spending 2 million dollars on a on a specialty player a fourth line center. Belmar as a player is fine. Right. And we saw that last night, you know, that's obviously last night was uh, like best case scenario, you know, cause you're not going to, you're not looking to get very much offense out of him realistically. Well, yeah, but seeing him impact the game and seeing the way that he and Calvert had chemistry and the way that they just kind of stomped uh, when they were out on the ice. I mean, that yeah, they dominated the puck, controlled play. And I think the thing that most impressed me about Belmar, I knew he would come in and play his role well, but so far he's made his teammates better. He helped Greer in training camp that came straight from Bednar's mouth, yeah. clearly clicked immediately with Calvert in this game. Definitely. That is such a useful talent to have, especially in a bottom six where you see line mates change all the time if he can consistently find ways to help raise his teammates levels that's huge yeah it will it will be a huge uh boon for them moving forward yep if if 
he's going to be that effective. Uh, I mean, you're talking... <laughs> your fourth line is going to be really good. I think, you know, and last again, last night, best case scenario. You know, they dominated. Right. Played against not really NHLers also. At the same time, though, like, those guys should be... If they are consistently going up against other teams' fourth lines or at least third lines, that's more or less that what that should look like. Right. And I really had very few complaints about everything. The third period, you started to see a little bit of trouble on the defensive side. Honestly, Bowen Byram, again, kind of at the center, maybe some bad luck, but... Still, there he was, not quite living up to the hype just yet. He just looks too raw to me. If if he was drafted tenth overall right now, we'd be talking about this. Wouldn't be a conversation, you know. We'd be we'd be oh yeah, we'll send him back to the WHL for a year. You know, there's no need to rush this. This is totally fine. He looks, you know, he's shown flashes of brilliance. It'll it's great. He looks awesome, and one more year in juniors, and he can come up. He can come in here next year and do the thing. But for some reason, the Avs seem intent on forcing this. Jared Bednar loving on him after the game, and I'm and I'm sitting here incredulous. Like you watched it, right? It wasn't great, and I will say Byram did look better in this game than in game one. I think he flashed Definitely. quite a bit more with the puck on his stick, but. There was still a lot of the sloppiness that he looks like a rookie out there. He doesn't look quite ready. I think the big question about sending him back or not is the biggest aspect of his game that he needs to work on is without the puck defensively. Exactly. Yeah. And if he goes back to the WHL, how much time is he going to spend doing that? Right, because Vancouver is going to feed him the puck at will, basically. Right. right. And he, we've already seen him dominate with the puck, how much is he really going to get away from that and have to spend defending and getting the valuable experience that he needs in his own zone without the puck? Because right now I, I don't imagine it would be very much. And if that's the way that they perceive it and they say, well, our only option then because of the, of the rules here about the AHL, their only option is to put him in the NHL to get him that experience that they think will help him the most then I can see the argument for keeping him and just saying, hey, we're just going to do this. But for me, he just looks totally raw and just not quite there yet. Like really another year. Seriously, I think would would do him wonders. But I say that and he'll probably go out this weekend, either tomorrow or Sunday, right, and have a phenomenal game where you're just like, oh, all right, well. Then the narrative becomes he just needed time to adjust. Three whole games. well i mean we'll see of course with rookies the big question is always consistency but i I think you and i have both agreed at times that the perfect world would be able to play him in the ahl yeah that's i think this is they need to they they need to change this rule yeah at least for 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 the obvious reason yeah um, of this is a guy that just doesn't, it's not in his best interest to go back to the WHL or be in the NHL right now. Yep. It's in his best interest to go play for the Colorado Eagles this season. For sure. And, you know, we saw this, this, this is part of what messed up Jonathan Duran. 
is that he was just he was just too good for juniors. And he went back for one extra year, tore it apart, and then had to make the jump because he couldn't he couldn't go to the AHL. Yep. You know, it's stuck in between. Yeah, that it, this is really where that would help. He is a great example, I think, right now of a guy that it would this would really help out. For sure. Because we in even in even in lower end NHL games, he just doesn't quite look ready yet. He's not dominating against these guys, and these aren't NHL heavy lineups. Yep. I thought, hey, when he gets out there with a bunch of skilled guys, you know, who who see and 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 read the game the way that he does, he's gonna pop. You know, we'll really see him flash, but it didn't happen. You know, we saw he's he's still just trying to he's he's searching right now and i'm i don't think you need to force it you know i don't i i don't see what the upside is in enforcing it like that like maybe he gets it halfway through the year and you know boom takes off from there and you're you're loving it i mean i guess that's the yeah, upside that's what you're banking on right but I mean, I can definitely drink to that rule change. So it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer, and today's beer of choice is their Colorado Core. It's a crisp, semi-sweet apple blonde ale with a dry finish. We have a whole case of it over at the BSN offices that I definitely drink one every time I go in. So... It's very nice. It's kind of an interesting one because it has the apple in it, so it's almost like a cider, but also an ale. I kind of hard to explain. It's one of those that you really do have to to taste to understand it. But yet again, another one that I like. If you like strawberry sky, I think you may also like this one. They both kind of have that slightly fruity element to them, so definitely recommend it. And you can keep an eye out for it at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer for that matter, as well as the BSN Denver Breckenridge event calendar, where we have all of our events planned, where we'll be drinking those Breck beers. Please RSVP, come out and have a good time with us and watch some hockey or any other sport for that matter. Back to this abs game. The defense was interesting because I really, really liked Sam Gerrard in this game. I thought he was Fantastic. Not only the highlight reel spin that everyone's talking about, but his breakout passes were very enjoyable as well. But I'm trying to temper those expectations because of the roster that the Stars iced. He's supposed to look really good if he's putting the effort in, right? Uh, Yeah, if you're putting the effort in. Yeah. And there was some, definitely a few abs that weren't. Cough, McKinnon, cough, Landis, Gog. They, uh, they, I think they were just taking it easy last night. That was, uh, it was very much a 60% kind of game for them. It was nice to look elsewhere though. And we can cover that in the second segment here as we'll kind of get into some of those forward conversations. But first we do have to pay a couple of bills here and you guys have to head to Infinity Park the weekend of October 5th and 6th to check out the International Women's Rugby Sevens event and eat delicious international food while listening to incredible bands. Infinity Park is the only U.S. stop for this rugby series and teams from around the world are participating, including USA, New Zealand, Japan, Ireland, Russia, Brazil, Fiji, Australia, 
basically everywhere around the world. This series is a crucial time for athletes as they prepare for the 2020 Olympics. Rugby Sevens is a physically demanding game of speed, endurance, and intensity with some of the most talented athletes in the world. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you will be blown away and highly entertained watching these women compete. And even better, you can enjoy with your family at an incredible price. Adult passes are only $20, and you can get another $5 off when you use code BSN5. Kids 12 and under are $10, and 3 and under are free for the entire weekend. Visit Infinity Park at Glendale com for all your information and grab tickets. That's Infinity Park at Glendale.com. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast, talking about the Avs forwards from game two of the preseason. Talked about the top line, kind of taking the night off a little bit, but we did see all of the new guys stand out. Kadri tied for the team lead in shots with five. Donskoy, I thought, really popped, especially with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone. We talked about that cadre, that chemistry in training camp. How do you separate these guys? I don't think you can. No, no, they stay. Uh, how you're going to do the rest of your lineup, I don't know. But there's there are some things that obviously work. Lannis McKinnon, Donskoy Kadri, uh, Belmar Calvert, just let him be. Yep. Honestly, like you found something there. Uh, just... See how that goes. Uh, Donskoy should have scored on the first shift of the game. I still don't know how he didn't. Between him and Kadri, the two of them easily could have had three goals in the game, I think. I mean, Kadri had multiple great chances from the slot. Donskoy did his classic thing where he rolls behind the net to create or get a shot on, and it just didn't quite go in for him. He surprised me with the wraparound chance. Yeah. Because he, he was very casual going behind the net, and then all of a sudden he just... He upped the tempo and he tried to wrap it around really quickly. And I was like, oh, clever. Sneaky, sneaky. It was, and it almost worked, but did not. Not quite. The abs and and scoring goals hasn't quite clicked yet this preseason. (laughs) On the other hand, you have Burakovsky on that top line. And let's be real. He was a total passenger, even on a line with those two going 60%. They, I mean, they didn't even look comfortable giving him the puck, right? Right. I. It was it was disappointing to see. Uh, it was disappointing to see him on the the power play, you know, because you see him in camp and you see the size, you see the skating and the hands, you see the shot, and you're like, "Ooh, man, <laughs> this kid, this kid has the 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 complete toolkit here." Uh, to to do something, but do the tools fit inside the toolbox? And uh, watching him just kind of fade into the half wall on the far side of the ice wasn't encouraging in that regard. Well, and, and the few times he did touch the puck, he just didn't. He didn't shoot it. He, he didn't create. With struggled it, you know? to create. Yeah, absolutely. There was one big shot attempt. He he wound up and threw all of it in there, and it missed the net. Yep. And it was like, all right, like that was the only one where I was, I was like, yeah, there it is. That was the that. shot. And you know, and it missed the net. And I don't know how much it missed the net, but it missed the net. And like this team went out and got you. To not miss the net. <laughs> to to score. Yep. And they they went out and they said, Hey, we believe that a bigger role for you is going to is going to unlock your true potential. 
you know, they've they've rolled the dice big on Andre Burkowski. Right. And it's one preseason game, but so far that bigger role he has not grown into. You know, one game. Right. One Don't preseason take it game. For more than it is. But it was definitely of the debuts of, of a lot of the new guys, definitely one of the more disappointing performances. You know, Donskoy looked great, Belmar obviously was great. Um but Burakovsky did not look that great. Yeah. It was just, it was way too much of what we saw in Washington. Right. The, that was the knock on him was he can kind of just disappear. Yeah. And he's just not. Um, one game. Just definitely disappointed in his performance last night, but I am hoping, uh, like I said about Nachushkin, in uh in in training camp he'll look a lot better in games for one whole period he did yeah he looked great the first <laughs> you know it looked solid kind of disappeared after that but not that uh, that seemed to be a common theme i guess in the top 6 <laughs> yeah you know i i liked what he did early on nichushkin you know he he used his body well he used his size uh, and and had that power element to his game, you know, drawing the penalty and getting that the one, uh, the the one shot on goal that he did have, he put it right in his chest. Uh, but I did I did like those those parts of his game, and then the rest of the game, he totally fell apart. Yeah, you know, and we've talked about we've talked about the conditioning being an issue for him, and the fact that he's still getting accustomed to the altitude and. You know, he's still a couple days behind everybody. You don't ever make that time up. So, yeah, you're right. I still saw some some laziness start to creep in, particularly on the back check that wasn't necessarily conditioning related. But well, and 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 I, I mean, there was one sequence where he stops uh, or he uh, instead of instead of battling for position in front of the net, he just flew through it, flew through the crease and okay. The puck didn't come to me in that 0.5 seconds. I was there. Yep. And he was totally content with that. Like, you know, he, it, it didn't fight for position. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Hey, I'm a big SOB. That's going to carve out space in front of this net. And I'm, you know, I'm going to body whoever, whoever tries to move me. I'm just going to stand here and I'm, you know, I'm going to refuse to move and <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever rebounds come my way, I'm just going to stand here and try and bang them home. Instead. It's a drive by kind of situation. Yeah. Instead he buzzed the tower. Like he was Maverick and <laughs> it was just like, dude, like, come Talk on. Me, like, goose. Yeah. Like you're like, you're Matumbo in there, man. Post up. <laughs> yeah. I I can't disagree with you there. I I was piqued by his first period and then was like, nope, this is what I thought it was. Well, and that's that's where you see the conundrum of his career. Yep. Because you saw the 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 talent kind of come together in the first period. That's what it looks like when it goes well. You know, big a big guy with skill that can make different things happen. And then not. <laughs> it all comes back to consistency. Yeah. Speaking of which, 
we do need to talk about the defensive positional battle, particularly with our leaning towards Byram, maybe just send him back. The two names really in that battle tonight or last night were Mark Barbario and Callie Rosen. A pairing. A pairing. It, it was two very, very different tales. Barbario was kind of his normal up and down self, flashed fantastically in the offensive zone a couple of times, kind of a mess in the defensive zone. Rosen was kind of the opposite. I really, really liked Rosen's defense. And he had a couple of decent showings in the offensive zone, but some of those blue line passes were pretty yikes. Barbario, in my opinion, didn't help himself. I would agree, just because... Especially when you're talking about a bottom pairing guy, you want that steady factor. Right. You don't want to be riding that roller coaster with that guy. You, even if the ceiling is a little bit lower, you want that guy to be touching it. Right. You know, at least, at, at least scraping the fingertips on it Cons- consistently, shift to shift, you know? Yeah. That's what I felt more of out of Rosen. He had the nice shot on goal where he found some space and, and let one rip right into the glove, but but still decent. And like I said, I was way more comfortable when the stars were coming down the ice with Rosen sitting in his lane, doing nice work with his stick and, and battling other players' sticks, even net front, which is something the Avs are not great at. I really liked Rosen defensively. Yeah. That that was where I thought it was uh, separated a little bit. Yeah, where he really looked comfortable. And when I talked to him after the game, he said, hey, I thought my defensive details were the best part. And he didn't feel good about. Uh, he didn't feel good about his puck moving and his decision making with the puck. Um, I tend to agree. I think is a good way is, is how I would say that um, he's, he's a guy that can do everything. He's going to be a Jack of all trades, but he's never going to dominate. He's not going to, you're not going to see him put it all together and look really good. Uh, he also had a great play in practice today, by the way, where he, uh, he, I don't remember who it was, but he deked somebody from the blue line, walked it and then bombed a, a slap shot past whichever goal he was in net. I don't remember. And, that was awesome. For a guy who Jared Bednar said last night, you know, I, I hadn't seen him uh, stand out. He hadn't been, I, I can't say that I felt that he was good or bad in practice. Uh, that certainly was a mark for the good. Yeah. I Just a bit of an interesting point here. Last Sunday, he was operating one of the power play units in training camp. Uh-huh. Last night's game led the decor in time on the penalty kill with almost three minutes. And that's much more the role I'm expecting out of him in the NHL. So if that's what he's auditioning as, as a PK or type, I think he fell right into place. It was exactly the kind of performance that he's really going to need to replicate. I think. Yes. Just to show off. Hey, as we said with the bad, it's only one game. Same thing with the good. Right, exactly. Um, he's got to he's got to do it again and again and again. He's got however many of the four games he gets in. Uh, I would say he pro- I would expect two. 
Yeah. But he he's going to have to show that he's a legit NHL talent and that consistently he can he can move well, you know, skate well and then move the puck with efficiency. Uh he did have one great stretch pass last night. So even even with the the struggles with the puck, you know, including one where he just straight whiffed on an attempt. Um I I thought overall scared me my water bottle just popped in it made me jump um (laughs) (laughs) uh, i thought i thought overall you know the the, it was a good enough performance where you say hey if that's what we get every night in the nhl from this guy you can work with that you're not gonna miss patrick nemeth right for sure and you you mentioned the stretch pass I do think you can see the underlying bones of of the offensive side of things to be better than he showed in that game. I'm not talking elite talent or anything, but just a bit more consistent. Absolutely. And that's, you know, when we talk about these borderline uh, talents like this, like these guys who are fighting for a fourth line or, or third pairing minutes, that's the, I would say, the number one thing that we talk about. It's not talent. It's consistency. It's a guy that can go out there and give a coach exactly what he wants from that. Go out there and give me a a similar level every single shift that I can rely on. You know, it may not be very high. Don't go out. Don't go out there and take penalties. Play mis- largely mistake free. Don't get scored on. Uh, you know, play a play a solid forty five seconds that I can rely on upon you for for safe, sound hockey smart, you know, smart decisions with the puck, quality defense, and then get off the ice. And, you know, we'll, we'll let our other guys, you know, go, go ham. You know, we'll, we'll take our chances with the, with the roller coasters, with the higher end talent guys, that consistency from those guys, that's, that's what you need. That's, that's really where it's at uh, with how you value them. For sure. You know how how you value these guys in these battles. What are you going to get? You know, Mark Repair has been all over the place, up and down, up and down, up and down, in both of the games. There have been there have been some some good moments, and there have been some disastrous moments. You know, and and that's going to play against him because these coaches, coaching staff, wants consistency. It wants reliability. It's not looking for crazy high end talent. If that's what they were looking for, their third pairing would be Byram and Timmons, and it wouldn't be a conversation. Yep. Why not YOLO the kids if that's what you want? Exactly. That's exactly it, though. Like, that's how they make that decision. When so often when when we get into the season, they're like, oh, well, how come they're not playing this guy? You know, why is Gabe Bork playing over any who pick anybody that they had last year? You know, it was because they understood what Gabe Bork gave them every single night. They could they had found a minutes limit for him. And they said, we know what we can get out of this guy in these minutes. And he can do that for us every single night. And we don't feel that way about anybody else vying for this position right now. So there you go. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Can't stress that factor enough. We'll call the second segment there. Consistency is maybe one of the most game-changing aspects of any hockey player's skills. So we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strong I don't know about is, that one. Don't like it. I don't know about that one. I think <laughs> I think you've consistently had had better approaches. That one very <laughs> much that that didn't feel like you went through the side door as as so much as like 
you created it. <laughs> Built the door to walk through. Exactly. <laughs> you, or or like you out you drew you drew it up with chalk and yeah. and then you just like plowed right through it. Like the joke or it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's good. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their <laughs> reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we really could not recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava Craft says, drink deeply, live fully, and walk through the side door. Okay, well, just I say that last part, but <laughs> check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout and you can get it shipped straight to your door. Third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ. The one quote I took away from Jared Bednar's presser after the game was that he said that's the best game he's ever seen Martin Kaut play in an Avs jersey. And that's some good news to hear. Easy agreement, too. Yeah. Yeah. He was the the one that finally got them a shot on goal on that stagnant power play. So yeah. that alone is worth something. What a hero. <laughs> it's he was in an interesting situation. I, I wasn't sure where they were going to put him in the lineup at first. I thought maybe they were going to give him a chance with the real big guns of, of Kadri and Donskoy, but they ended up putting Nachushkin there, him on the third line, where I think he still showed strong. If Martin if Martin Kaut's gonna play that way, keep him in the NHL. Seriously, yeah. What what is Colin Wilson doing that Martin Kaut didn't do last night? Very true. The digging puck ability, in particular, right? I mean the the he was so engaged and he was physical, uh, and he was a difference maker. After. A camp where he was solid, but maybe not quite to the level a lot of people were hoping for. Mm -hmm. Seeing him in a game play like that is like, oh, right. This is what we were excited about. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it's it's just an all around talent where he plays high energy, uh, high skill and uh, very malleable. In, in terms of how he can affect a, uh, the outcome of the game. Versatile, yeah. He's able to do a little bit of everything, not unlike Callie Rosen in some ways. Right. I mean, kind of similar profiles in that they can, they can kind of just mold around the team that they're on and fill in whatever gaps exist, and that's where their, their niche can be. You know, they're not guys who have to be put into a very specific role to succeed. They can do a lot of different things. You and I have already talked about, hey, Martin Kaut on the third line or in the bottom six this year is not a bad thing. Right. That's just fine. He has a game that not only functions in that, but he can continue to progress as a player in a role like that. Absolutely. I uh, The Martin Kaut of last night got me really, really excited about where he fits in the future. Right. Because you do look at you look down the road and you do feel excited for guys like, you know, you you you're excited for a, a Kovalenko. Yep. You're excited for for Martin Kaut. You're excited for Shane Bowers. You know, you're excited for some of these guys. And it's just it's easy to project and see where the next wave is going to come from. Yeah. 
because Colorado's like last wave is here. You know, it's it was it was Jost and Comfer and Kerfoot and kind of Rantanen and Makar and Gerard and you know, like all those guys that they went and 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 picked up, you know, and, and kind of built that wave around the next wave. All right, well, who are the next guys who are gonna come in, especially as the roster does get more expensive? Because you do eventually cave and sign Miko Ranton into a contract that he deserves. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get to Ranton in, in a minute, but it's it is nice to see with Cout looking so polished in that game, it does feel like that next wave is is about to break on the beach, you know? Where get these guys into the NHL, start getting NHL players out of them, stop paying your fourth line as good as it was in this game, $6 million. <laughs> right. I mean, that's where if you can, you have to recreate that figure out how you got that, that, th- that, that fourth line to be as good as it was, but don't go and spend money on it. Go find those guys, develop those guys. Yep. You know, we, you've, you've got, you've got little Matt Calvert hanging around, you know, you've got Nick Henry down there that profiles that, to me, it looks like such an obvious quality bottom six player down the road. You know, you made you made the comparison to Jamie McGinn. Perfect. And all of a sudden, if that fourth line is providing a similar level of, of play and it's Martin Kaut, Nick Henry, and whoever, Vlad Kamenev in the middle, mm-hmm. and you're paying that line a total of two and three quarter million dollars, you know, that's an extra three and a half million or whatever to spend on your next big contract signing. It's a gigantic difference. Right. You look at, you look at a lot of successful teams. You've got to find ways to, to cut corners money wise. You know, you have to be able to find efficient contracts somewhere and bottom six ELC or, you know, qualifying offer deals like cheap deals. That's, that's where you find them. And to see to see Cout to see Cout play the way that he did, you know, I'm excited. We're probably going to see Bowers this weekend. You know, the Logan O'Connor had an okay game last night, where I didn't think he was particularly good, but did what was asked of him, and that's an important distinction. If he can if he can fill a specific role and do exactly what they want out of him, then maybe they get an NHL player out of Logan O'Connor. Right, especially first and foremost with kids like that that are looking to be injury call-ups. If you're not making your line worse, that's a win. It definitely is, and that's that. That it goes back to the uh, Dominic Toninato thing that we had the last two years, where you know we understand this guy's not like an offensive dynamo. You know, he's not going to come in here and light it up, but he's he was big and he was smart and he was reliable and and he did work defensively. And the, the the phrase that I always use to these guys is bad things didn't happen to you when he was on the ice. Yep. It wasn't a, he wasn't out there getting, you know, fourth line getting hurt. And if O'Connor can do that, if Cout can step in eventually and do that, if Bowers can become in, come in and, and eventually do that, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about being able to, freely spend the money at the top of your roster. 
Right. Because you are properly, and it would be the first time the ads have done this, but properly reloading your roster with Cheaper, internal options. Younger contracts. Right. And and guys that you are comfortable with that you're not taking chances on uh, in terms of personalities. How are they going to fit? You know, Val Nachushkin doesn't talk to anybody at all during practice. Yep. The one the one interaction he had today was when Nazem Kadri told him to keep his head up, you know, gave him a little love uh after after he had botched a drill and he gave him the stick tap of, "Hey, you you'll get it next time." And that you know, was it. And that was it. He was he was just skating, he had his head down, he's skating around by himself, you know. That's that's a work in progress of a guy that's an outsider coming in and trying to fit in and find and find a role. I don't. I don't want people to think I'm picking on Nichushkin there. Um, the same is kind of true of of Kadri. You know, he hasn't been. You know, we've seen we've seen Kadri. I've seen Donskoy. They're they're still trying to fit in. Right. You know, the first twelve games of Patrick Nemeth's time in Colorado, he didn't talk to anybody. By the time he was done, he was one of the more popular guys in the room. You know, it just takes time. But when you have that developed internally, and these guys see him every training camp. It's much easier to fit in. It's much easier to get that that sense of who that guy is because they've gone through some of the trench work with them before. Right. I, I mean, I think that's a huge point. You know, the first one who comes in, let's say Couts, the first one to break in. Yeah, it there might be a little bit of that with him. But then let's say Bowers comes next and he goes, oh, yeah, I played with Cout in the, with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And it it's it chains together. All of a sudden you have a bunch of guys who have played with each other regularly at the AHL level now getting back together in the NHL level. And you form those or rather those bonds have already been formed before they even get there. Right. And then and then your locker room doesn't you know, there's not a, a broken link in the chain. Right. It just gets it gets replaced. It's it's almost like uh like a lizard tail that you know when they they get scared and they, they run away they, yeah. they they fall off and they regrow it. Yep, it's, exactly. It's, it's kind of the same thing when you know okay you're gonna let Matt Calvert walk in free agency. Uh, you know Matt Nieto I guess would be a more relevant one because his contract is up after this season. You let him go. Hey, there was nothing wrong with Matt Nieto. He did everything you wanted from him, but you feel like you can replace that guy internally. You just regrow the tail. Yep. It's a nice talent to have. And and one, the abs have been a lizard running around without a tail for, for the better part of this decade. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the, what the actual analogy would be for how the abs have operated. Yeah. <laughs> I drawn a blank on that. I, one. I'm not sure. What is the consistently overspend in, in unrestricted free agency to, it's like it's like if of the if, animal kingdom. <laughs> it's like it's like if a if like a lizard went to like a Walmart and like scotch taped like a fake tail on there every time he needed it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> the uh, the Geico lizard got scared and <laughs> yeah, right. And he rolled on into Walmart and because yeah. he speaks English, <laughs> right? He was able to he was able to buy scotch tape and a fake tail. There you go. The Avs are a dilapidated Geico lizard. Uh, well, not anymore. But the Avs are the Avs are hoping to avoid that. That's the whole point of this. This now that we have totally gone off the rails, is that they with the the emergence of guys like Cal, where we saw that last night, where you're like, oh, 
you know, with with guy like Kovalenko getting meaningful minutes over in the KHL. Oh, you know, maybe Rambo Santa is turning into something uh, this year in college hockey. Well, maybe Cam Morrison does. Let's get wild. So, you know, the, their ability to reload those young guys and 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 sustain an injury or two and have them come up and fill in those roles and fit in and not miss a beat will be huge this year in, in subsequent years. All of this to say Martin Kalt's performance was really encouraging. Yeah. And before we spend yet another entire segment talking only about the fourth line, there is a bit of news about Miko Rantanen. There's numbers floating around out there now saying the Avs were willing to offer. It was roughly eight and a half million. I think it was 8.4 to 8.7 for a long-term deal. Right. That seems low to me. I know. I think you have a little more info than I do though. Well, we got, saw that wall at the rink today. And so we, I say we, because I wasn't the only media member who immediately hopped on my phone and started doing our own homework. Of course. And um, all I got, I got, I got immediate and strong denials from both sides. Yeah. Um, Both, both the, the ranting in camp, we'll call it. And the, uh, and the avalanche um, strong denials that those were true. So that those numbers were, were current and accurate. Which made me feel like maybe that's where they started. Yeah, I think that would make more sense. You know, way back when, before Sebastian Ajo's contract and, you know, at the beginning of the summer, maybe that's where it started. But I, I, from just from what I was told today, I don't think that was accurate. And I definitely, I don't, I, I really, I'm in, I'm in an uncomfortable position because I really don't want to throw shade at Ryan Clark. Cause I'm, and that's not at all what I'm doing. I'm just simply saying, Hey, when I reached out to, when I reached out to certain people today, I got strong denials and not kind of like, eh, it could, maybe that's a true thing. Maybe it could be, you know, a little wink and gun action. None of that. I got, no, that's not, uh, accurate. No. yeah, yeah. I got, that's not accurate. And I got it from both sides and that I thought was telling. Because yeah, I don't know where they're giving you the no way. Right. Because if, if one side, the way that this works when they start using us media people to play this, uh, is that, you know, one side wants to put pressure on the other. So it would be easy for one side to leak this and say, this is what they're offering. This is what the ads are offering. And it looks bad. You know, that, that deal looks like the ads are hardcore lowballing Nico Ranton in. And then that puts that public pressure on the Avs, which, first of all, is kind of a made-up construct because Joe Sackick doesn't does not care. <laughs> like, do you guys not remember how the Matt Duchesne thing went? That dude does not care. Hold his hand until the end of days. Yeah, that dude. When it comes to these types of negotiations, you know, they you talk about guys who have a slow pulse. There is no pulse. <laughs> Like Joe Sackick just does not care. They, he does, he does, he in the front office, they do their homework, they do their checks, they build the, the uh, a contract range that they think is fair, and they more or less wait for the player to come to the same, 
it's like a Stockholm syndrome almost, you know, where they're like, no, you are worth $9 million. You are worth $9 million, like a Jedi mind trick kind, you know, where, and then eventually Miko Ranton will be like, I am worth $9 million. And then he'll sign. The first NHL team run by a zombie European I don't know what accent that was, but I, I mean, don't. I wasn't going for anything. I was just going for not my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to. I don't. I don't have like. And only only when I drink will you hear me bring out like characters, uh, and that's that's mostly just because the uh, the southern accent comes out to play in a big way. Ooh, we can so, have a southern accent off. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Um. But no, I. The point, the point being, uh, both sides said that this wasn't true, and if one side was trying to leverage it against the other, why would both sides say this isn't true? Right. That's. And you know, like you said, you could get the soft denial or whatever. But if you're yeah. getting both sides saying no way, right? And and that's that's the other key to this is that a lot of times you'll get kind of a. It's in the neighborhood. You know, oh, this isn't, you know, it's not, it's not completely incorrect. It's not whatever, you know, but. So there you go. The news of the day. And before we go down another rabbit hole here, should probably wrap things up for this, this Friday episode. The Avs do have their back to back over the weekend. So BSN will still be pumping out plenty of content as far as that is concerned. And as always, you will hear from us at the latest on Monday. In need of a top dog electrician? For over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract companies in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765, they will give you the BSN back-to-school hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off your next service call.